Next on BYU Sports Nation, Sports Illustrated ranks their top 100 college football players, and BYU is not on the list. What? Two former BYU quarterbacks, Christian Stewart and Blaine Fowler, on which Cougars should be on that list, if any. Plus, BYU punter Johnny Linehan makes an award watch list. You heard me right. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Welcome back, Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, July 13th, wherever and however you are dialed in, I hope you are thoroughly enjoying the upper lip goodness that Jerem Jordan has brought to Studio B. It's, it's who I am, you know? No, it's tradition. It really is. <laughs> After growing the uh, honor code violating beard uh, on vacation, I, uh, you know, have to shave it to come back. But within the code of honor is a, well quote, well-groomed mustache. So here I am. I can't guarantee that it's going to be on tomorrow. I can't even guarantee that I'll be on tomorrow. In fact, one workday a week in July is probably what I'd like it to be. <laughs> Because we're going to be here all fall, man. Spencer and Jerem back together after Jerem's 11-day Pokemon journey. Sorry, Pokemon journey. What are you, Uh, French? I have the mustache. I should be saying that that way. Yes, you should be saying it that way. (laughs) Pokemon. I I don't know anything about Pokemon, so I'm extremely uh, naive and clueless about everything that's going on, but I don't want to talk about Pokemon anymore. It is day three of Pokemon. Even though it's it's still on fire, man. But did you find the rare Mewtwo on your epic journey? No. No! I don't know. No, I haven't downloaded it. My <laughs> wife hasn't downloaded it. We're not playing it. We're not wandering the into way, the wilderness by, find, finding dead bodies. By the way, when I said Mewtwo this morning, Jerem said, that sounds like a Japanese cover band for you 2 hey, hey, it could be. That's my favorite <laughs> band ever. And Spencer King on our crew, you one too. of our producers. It's also his favorite band. <laughs> no, he actually didn't like you too. Oh, that's really good. Come on, stuff. man. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He doesn't even How think many they're good. People don't like you too. Like, it's fine if you don't like you too, but you can't say they're not a good band. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, it's good to have Jaron back, isn't it? Their en- <laughs> the energy level is just. Through the roof. The rancor and sarcasm. Sarcasm. (laughs) Is that an all-new high? Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Mitchell Juergens and Johnny Linehan named to the Werfel Trophy watch list. The Werfel Trophy is known as college football's premier award for community service. Now, I know Johnny has been playing a lot of Pokemon, so how much community service can he really be doing right now? Yeah, wait a minute. (laughs) Mitchell Juergens, we know he's out there serving the people. In fact... He is also a nominee for the AFCA Good Works team. He went about doing good. Okay? The Good Mitchell. Works team recognizes college football players who have, a, who have made a commitment to service and enriching the lives of others. So they don't necessarily have to serve. They just have to commit to do that. <laughs> yes. Johnny I, could be on that I list, I will too. commit to doing this. And now, whether or not I will do it, yeah, that's yeah. another thing. Yeah, exactly. Kyle Collinsworth had two points, four assists, and two steals. Were the Dallas Mavericks yesterday against the Celtics in NBA Summer League play. The Mavs played tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks, 10 Eastern. You can watch that on ESPN2. We'll also update you on Brandon Davies coming up later. Men's soccer wraps up the season tonight. They're not going to make the playoffs, so this is it. 
at Southfield against uh, Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors. Excuse me, FC Golden State Force at 9 Eastern time. I thought it was the debut of Kevin Durant tonight in Provo. I, th- I would have been there. If your name is Golden State, you should just change it right now. Why? Yeah, why? they represent the whole state of California. Why, why can't it just be the San Francisco or Oakland or Bay Area <laughs> Warriors? While you ponder that, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Top 100, shut out. The quarterback named Taysom Hill who once ran for 259 yards against Texas. I remember that. That was awesome. Leaped over a Texas defender a year later to score a touchdown and was a legitimate All-America and Heisman candidate in 2014. Rose going to take it himself, and Hill can get to the edge. And look at Taysom Hill. Could he take this all the way? Yes! Yep, that guy. I could listen to that crowd cheer for a while, I'll be honest. That guy is nowhere to be found in Sports Illustrated's top 100 college football players in 2016. Hmm. That guy. Hmm. Interesting. Blame it on injuries or whatever you want. Taysom Hill, whether you like it or not, is borderline a forgotten man to the general public of college football. I can hear most of you scoffing and guffawing right now. There's excessive guffawing going on, let's be honest. (laughs) Also not in that top 100 list, quarterback Tanner Mangum, or any BYU player for that matter. So here's where you let your opinions fly, and you release the rhetoric by answering today's Twitter question. Release the rhetoric. Release the rhetoric. (laughs) (laughs) Release the rhetoric! (laughs) Which BYU football player or players, should be on Sports Illustrated's top 100 list. Mm. Use the hashtag BYUSN at Twig Stone. I think Taysom and Jamal should be. They will have breakout years. Missing time makes it hard for SI to add them. Yes, they are uh, a case of being forgotten because they didn't play last year. Taysom played three quarters, almost three quarters of one game. Jamal didn't play. They're off the radar. This is, uh, maybe we'll discuss this today, but this is a topic for another day, I think. I think that college football has forgotten mm. the greatness. Yeah, we need to, dis- some we need to discuss that later Save in the it. week. Control S. Yes. Apple S. Con- Command S. Whatever. We, we will Depends go on into what that. You're using, okay? okay, my answer to this question. Okay, well, let's discuss it as a group. Taysom Hill, yes or no? Clearly yes, right? If he's, he's, he's healthy. He's in the top 100. Yes. yes I hate we're that. assuming health, right? You have to. You assume health with everybody. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like Seth Russell is on that list. Okay, he was hurt with a neck injury. That's a serious injury, right? More serious than Liz Frank, in fact. Um, he's on that list. Okay, Baylor's quarterback. Yes, Tanner Mangum. Now this is interesting. Should Tanner Mangum be in the top 100? My initial reaction was absolutely. Yeah. Here's the deal. He put up good stats, but those stats are somewhat commonplace in the game nowadays because there's more plays, more plays, quicker pace. Why not? Tanner Mangum is a really good player. However, I do not think, you convinced me actually, I do not think that he should be in the top 100 yet. I think that once he's a starter and he's the guy, that he'll be a top 100 player in college football. Remember, this is not quarterbacks. This is not position uh, skill players. This is all all positions. positions. There are some punters in there. Andy Phillips is in there from Utah, a kicker. Okay, and so here, now, Jaron brings up a good point. There are only 10 quarterbacks in this list of 100. I think Taysom Hill... 
is one of the top ten quarterbacks in college football in 2016. Interesting. I do. I don't put him in that list because I need him to jump back into it. Like, he's got to get in. He's got to play himself. He's one of the top ten college football quarterbacks in the country. Can be. Yes, he he has shown the ability to do that. We're hoping that he can do that in 2016. Two years ago, right? Like, like he's basically been on a mission, right? Yeah. Can he he, he (laughs) hop back in? An athletic injury mission that stinks. Now, here's my issue. Josh Rosen. The chosen Rosen from the most overrated college football program (laughs) in the entire country. UCLA. UCLA. Okay. Are you going to rant like this in the season? Yes. Absolutely. I'm going to rant like this. Ten minute kickoff is going to be awesome that week. Josh Rosen is number eleven overall in this list. The second highest rated quarterback, really, behind only Deshaun Watson of Clemson. Really? That's that's high up there. Number 11? Okay, Tanner Mangum, yay or nay? Well, when you look at where Josh Rosen is, their numbers are pretty comparable. And I know Josh, not the same. Josh played in the Pac-12. Where there's no defense. But does that make him at least 89 spots higher than Tanner Mangum? If Mangum's 101? Yeah. <laughs> so 90 spots. Um I don't. Yeah, yeah or nay? I think no on Tanner top one. No, I here's what I think. I think Josh Rosen should be somewhere towards seventy or eighty. Wait, is this UCLA Sports Nation? What's seven? So the reason Tanner's not in the top one hundred is because he's close to Josh Rosen. Though I think that is an ab- abomination that yes. he is number eleven in this list. I, you still haven't said if Tanner Mangum's in. Or I not. said no. Oh no! Okay, I said okay. no. I, didn't, I, I said still no. Listened. But I think Josh Rosen should be seventy or eighty. Oh, okay. I don't know what Rosen has to do with this. Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Yes or no? No. I think that he is a good player. He's a great player. But I don't think he's top 100 in the game. I think that he could, like, I could see a situation where Jamal Williams because, becomes a top 100 player by the end of the season. He would have to have some crazy numbers. Like, do you know how many dudes ran for 1,000 yards last year? Like, you think 1,000 is a really good number, right? 66! That's a lot of guys. In fact, like, there are 128 teams. So, like, half the teams have. A guy that ran for a thousand yards, is, in other words, so it's not as big a number as you think. And it's been a while since we've seen Jamal Williams play at his best. Yeah, at his best, and he wasn't. I mean, he was having a decent 2014, but it wasn't like the 2013 Jamal. So there, there were still 34 guys that ran for 1,200 plus. That's what Jamal ran for. Think about 34. how many college football starters there are. 128 Division One teams, and there are 22 starters. Right. So I mean, there's a lot of dudes. So to be top 100, top, you've got to be really good. Really good. I dare say elite. We're but talking close to 3,000 starters yeah, in Division One college football. You got to be really football. good. So the fact that BYU doesn't have any in there, not a huge deal to me. But I think Taysom Hill should be in there, and he's the only one defensively. I don't see any BYU players in the top 100 right now, and I, I don't see any at the end of the year either. But I think that as here's the thing where BYU can excel. They don't always have the uh, most unbelievable individuals like. The last 30 years, BYU basketball, you've had Danny Ainge and Jim Fredette that have stood out nationally, like really legit college basketball players, right? But as a team, they can form a group that can compete for championships and win a ton of games and win significant games. That's what I like about BYU. It's kind of – Brian Logan always talks about this. Talent, uh, not, not the strongest talent, but there is talent on this team. Good coaching, good enough facilities – uh, the, the discipline and hard work that comes with kind of the culture that is here. You can still produce a good team without top 100 players. Here's the thing. 
Tanner Mangum, Jamal Williams, they're looking at these lists. They're seeing these things, and they might hear Jeremy and I say, well, no, maybe not in the top 100. Utilize, utilize that as fire to drive yourself. You want to be in the top 100? Go and prove it on the field. That's what's the beautiful thing about yeah. this. You can control this. Like, can BYU win 10 games if Taysom Hill is the only top 100 guy on the team this year? I still think they yes. I still think, like, I don't think yes. BYU's winning 10 games, but I think that they could figure it out. Because these are the best of the best. Like, you look at that list, there's some really good players. Now, if it was like top uh, 20 quarterbacks, you would hope that BYU would have one in there. You think Taysom's top 10. I think that's a stretch right now. Top 10 quarterback. Yeah, yeah, quarterback. Uh, Given the injury history, I just need to see it play out before I anoint him. Yeah, and again, we assume health, so I'm going to do that. You always assume health. does not need to be discussed, okay? I am going to do that. Well, if this guy's injured and this guy's injured and this guy's healthy, no, no. (laughs) What good is that? It It does no good. Here's the thing. With Josh Rosen at number 11, he is the highest player on that list that BYU will play against, and there are a few, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU plays eight players in Sports Illustrated's top 100 college football players. Josh Rosen, UCLA, Michigan State has two, Utah has two, UCLA has three, uh, Boise State has one. Andy Phillips, number 64, the kicker from Utah. And he is a weapon. He is a weapon. 64 in college football? But 64 and... Like, I get it. He's a point scorer. I've talked about this before. Point scorers have a ton of value. A punter is number 100. (laughs) (laughs) Other than Johnny Linehan, everybody thinks that's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay? No. Top 100 (laughs) players... Really? Taysom Hill can't be number 100 over a punter. <laughs> over a punter. A punter? Who's that guy again? Do you remember? What team? Alabama's punter. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, guy's, that guy's legit. Maybe. Yeah, it's uh, J.K. Scott J. K. is Scott. his name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> taking nothing away from J.K., but I think oh, we're Taysom, taking Hill, something away. Taysom Hill is a better football player than J.K. Let's take it away. Who cares? <laughs> Coming up, former quarterback Christian Stewart, but first... A national champion quarterback, Blaine Fowler, on who should be in the top 100 from BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV, and all the more glory and high definition to view Jerem Jordan's annual mustache. I do it more often than you think, right? <laughs> I think in January I do one. Had one during the basketball season. That was fun for no one. Uh, you know what's awesome? You're all members of the media, the social media. Mm-hmm. And you can follow at BYU Sports Station on that. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and then on Snapchat, BYUSN. Check it out. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN to join our growing conversation. Our Twitter question today, which BYU football player should be on Sports Illustrated's top 100 list at L underscore Moss underscore Micah. Says this year, Taysom, Tui Loma, Fred Warner. Next year, Mangum, Trinneman, and the Warner Brothers. You've got to be really good to be a cornerback and get on this list. Like, it's mostly... You've got to be Jabril Peppers from Michigan. Jabril Peppers. Who has now moved to linebacker, by the way. Unfortunately, we know a lot about that guy. (laughs) Joining us now, our good friend, national champion at BYU, Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst and all things superstar. Welcome back to Studio B, Blaine. Thanks, guys. 
I want to start with something that you brought up right when you walked into the studio. We're underestimating Josh Rosen. Okay. Yeah, I, know. I just I yes. came in and I go, guys, you are way downplaying no. a great player. You gotta I, direct this conversation, I am. Spencer. Yeah, I, I am. know, I know. And, and <laughs> I here, am. And here's the thing: most BYU fans' opinion of Rosen is from the BYU game, which was his worst game last year. And before that, he had played well. He had a little dip. Remember, he's a freshman playing Correct. for the first time. But then as the season progressed, he looked more and more and more like a first-round draft pick NFL guy down the line. And he was really, really good down the stretch. So, Is he the yeah. second-best college football quarterback, though? From a talent perspective, he, he probably is. He's got really? a ways to go. Because I don't believe in any true freshman until they've – Avoided the sophomore. That's jinx. the thing. He's played yeah. one so year. I, I think he's high. I believe he is one of the great talents. I think he's a future first round draft pick. In no, no guy. question. I'm not arguing um, that. I'm just saying right so, now. So right now they're giving him a top ten on potential. Can we do that? No. So should he be in the top 100? Yeah, I think he should be. I Absolutely. Think, so I do agree that he should be down further. But let's not act like he's not good. Okay. He's really, really good. <laughs> like I'm just fired up <laughs> because Taysom Hill is the forgotten man. Yeah. Well, and here's the if Taysom played last year. And he could continue to play at the level that I saw him in in fall camp. And were we so, even after the injury when he came back into the Nebraska game, if he plays at that level and stays healthy, he would be in the top 15 this year. So out of sight, out of mind. That, that's why he's not in there. Nobody knows. Oh, he's back. It's a six, you know, he's got an extra year. Can he play? Is he healthy? All of that. All it takes is for Taysom to have – one or two nutso games like we know he can have, and he's immediately back in the national conversation. That's how talented and how big a game changer he is. And so the reason he's not in there is simply because he's out of everybody's mind because he didn't play. He could be the most BYU guy of all time. What I mean by that is he's going to be 26 when the season starts. I will repeat, 26. That's not playing into into any stereotypes at all. But you're right. If he has a big game against Arizona – Boom goes the dynamite. As, People have forgotten as about As soon it. as BYU wins the Pac-12 South in those first three <laughs> games, when, when we hang that banner in the stadium uh, for the Pac-12 South championship, they're going to be talking about him as a Heisman Trophy candidate again. It doesn't take that long because he, he's out of sight, out of mind right now, but he's still in the back part of everyone's brain like, oh, yeah, that was that guy that just made Texas look like they were – Eight-year-olds out there, twice. He's just, he was. That's the guy that was the man among boys out there. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, he's great, and and that's all it takes Be- because he has performed at such a high level and he's done so many crazy things that made Sports Center's top ten week after week. It, it only takes a couple of games and he's right back there in the national conversation. So keep the guy healthy. Let him run around. I mean, and, and it's going to be a little bit more controlled with what they do with him running the football this year. But he's still going to go out, and we're going to watch him make plays where we're all going to go, I did not just see him do that again. When Dave McCann and I were standing right on the goal line at that Texas game, and he hurdled the guy going into the end zone, I just looked at Dave, and Dave looked at me, and we were silent for a minute. And I went, no, he did not just do that. And Dave goes, yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> if BYU goes 3-0, and we will hang – a Pac-12 South banner in the studio. Yeah, at like, least like, that at will least. happen. Can we hang one yeah. from there? Over, like over there or yep. over there. Pac-12 South yes. champions, please. Yeah, on the front, whatever. Oh, my I, goodness. I want to follow up on something you just said. BYU will use Taysom's running ability in a more limited way. What do you mean by that? I think that he's not going to get double-digit run calls for him 
this year. So in the offense last year, they literally had double some games more than others. You know, we'd we'd have games where Taysom would run the ball 19 times, and maybe 12 of those were called runs. He's That's gonna, not going to happen. He's anymore. going to have a handful. So I'm saying a handful, five, four. Quarterback draws. They're, they're running an option to keep people honest, the, the read option. But it's not going to be a steady part of their run game. And remember, you got Jamal Williams coming back who can be your feature back and carry the load. And so you don't need Taysom to be the primary running back in the offense. You need him to drop back, shred defenses, distribute the ball. And when he's going to make big plays is he's dropping back. They overplay something, they forget where he's at, they get out of their rush lanes, and he goes. And he's not going to run seven yards for a first down. He's going 75 yards to the house, and he's gonna, that's going to be the number one play on Center, And everybody's going to go, oh, yeah, we forgot about that We guy. remember that we guy. We remember that guy. And I'm tired of hearing people say, he's too old to be relevant in college football. <laughs> really? Chris Winky. Was not too old. Yeah, well, he was twenty seven. Brandon Weeden was twenty seven yeah, yeah, at Oklahoma yeah. State. Like Taysom's twenty six, and he's a better athlete than both of those guys. Oh, not even close. It's not close. Not even close. So don't tell me he's too old to be relevant in college football. By the, by the way, in his nineteen starts, only two of those games has he had single digit carries. Yeah, and and so like I, where he ended the game, I, I yeah. think that he'll his carries will be fewer but they'll have a big impact because they'll be strategically placed or they'll be scramble plays where he has to ad-lib and make plays. And so he'll have a major impact on the game, but we're going to see his passing numbers, his completion percentage is going to be much, much higher. His touchdown-interception ratio is going to be lower. That's the nature of this offense. This offense is really going to make him look good. He already is very talented and very good, and this is an offense that will make him as a passer and as a quarterback look more accomplished. Jamal Williams can and will and wants to carry the load for BYU as the feature back. If Taysom's numbers are diminishing in numbers of care, uh, number of carries and they're going to a more traditional fullback blocking for Jamal Williams, how many carries should we expect and what kind of numbers should we anticipate from Jamal Williams? I will be surprised if Jamal doesn't have a 1,000-yard season. You guys were talking about that earlier. I, in this offense, he's going to be the feature guy if he stays healthy. Um, and I've been watching him run around. You guys, he looks really good. And he's big. He is big and he is lean and he has he looks quicker than he did. And what I like about Jamal, he's got quickness, but he's not a hey, I'm gonna stand around and dance guy. He makes a move to get upfield. So he plants, makes a move, shakes, and goes. So he makes people miss, but he still runs downhill. Now add the additional weight and the additional muscle, and you see just that little shake, just that little shake to freeze a guy and go by him. I love the way he runs downhill. He runs with a good low pad level. And you know what? I'm watching this year. I think he's running even a little bit more less vertical and more with his pads down and all the things I'm watching him in and drills, I think that's going to bode well for him. And so he's a guy that the body looks like he can hold up and be a big-time feature back where you give him 20-plus carries every game and he rushes for well over 1,000 yards this season. And then, hey, 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 why not a 4,000-yard year out of the quarterback spot? Why not? Passing the ball. So combined, however it shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20-plus carries would be a lot. Um, and, and one question I have for BYU is you put you have a new coaching staff. Sometimes it just takes time. BYU traditionally in the first game of the year, independent of whether there's a new offense or a new coaching staff, it's just a little slower, right? Last year, BYU had a nice offensive opening game. How quickly do you think it will take uh, for Ty Detmer's offense to kick in, for them to, to get it to the third or fourth gear? 
It's. I mean, it's. I think it'll be effective in game one because I think that that Ty and this offensive staff are going to bring it along. They're not going to give them too much um, in that first couple of games. They're going to say, we're going to keep it simple enough that we know exactly what we're doing in this game. And so I think the offense will expand every game as the season goes on. And that, that's not anything new. Hey, back I, – I hate hey back when I was playing, but hey, because <laughs> that's a long time ago. Back when I was playing, and we're talking about guys that were calling plays like Norm Chow and – and Mike Holmgren, and, and you know that that caliber, Ted Tolner, who we just had here last week, was so fun to visit with. So great play callers. We would add plays to the offense every week. So we expanded the package every week, and we've been running the same offense for ten years. And so they'll start simple and they'll grow. And and the reason you do that is you can start simple because Arizona has no idea what BYU is going to do. They really don't. Arizona has no defensive so, so identity. So it can be simple. So now you got stuff on film from that Arizona game, and Utah's like, oh, this is what they're going to do. Well, not necessarily because they're going to add a package or two the next week for the Utah game. And then after they win that game, then they're going to add a package or two for the UCLA game. And by the time they win the Pac-12 South, they're going to have <laughs> a, a good portion of that offense four games in. in. But, <laughs> but they literally will add a little bit of a package every week through 12 weeks of the season and tweak things. Looking at the schedule in 2016 – is there a matchup where BYU is a clear underdog where you're like, I think that that is the game that they will win. That will be their best upset win. So, so to me, we can't decide what the best upset is until the season's over. So, so when we let's say we look back at the well, end that's of no fun in July. No, no, no. What I'm going to say, I'm going to pick it right now. <laughs> but I'm going to say the reason I'm going to pick it is because at the end of the year we're going to look back and go, oh, that was a great wow, win. that was the best win this season. Okay, UCLA. Mm. And here's why. Because BYU, I think Utah, I, I mean, I know who's coming back from Utah. It, I don't think that should be an upset if BYU beats Utah with who they're losing. Um, and, and so we were, we were talking before we came on, heck, their best players, hack it, right? The punter. He changed the game. That's the only punter that should have been allowed in the top 100 in the country. Two-time Ray guy. Devontae Booker was pretty good as well. Yeah, Booker was great. So they lose Booker. They lose Hackett. They lose Paul, uh, Gianna Paul. Um, they, they lose... Both backers, both great NFL caliber backers, they just lose a lot this year. To me, this is a reload year. I don't think that Kyle ever rebuilds at Utah. I think it's a reload year. So I don't think that at the end of the year we're going to go, oh, that was a big upset. I don't think we're going to go, that was a big upset for Arizona because I think they'll be a little up and down this year. I look at UCLA's schedule. They get Stanford at home. They have SC at home. They have Utah at home. And I'm going, when the season's over, UCLA is going to come out of this thing with almost their entire defense back. They're going to be good with Rosenbach. I know they lose Perkins, but by the end of the year, UCLA is going to be competing for a Pac-12 South championship nationally Well, ranked. with BYU for the Pac-12 right. South championship. Well, but once BYU wins it and drops out of the league, <laughs> then, then UCLA is going to the take over. Schedule. I think UCLA has got a great chance to compete with USC to win the Pac-12 South and go to the big Pac-12 championship game. If they're there, and I believe that BYU will beat UCLA at home. So we're going to look back on the season and go, wow, that was a 9 or 10 win UCLA team that, that BYU beat. That finished ranked in the top 20. Fit, yes, and, th- and that is going to look nice. really, really good for BYU. So to me, if that's the criteria, if we're looking back to say at the end of the year what was the big win, I'm going to pick UCLA as that big win. All right, Blaine. Fantastic stuff. We could do this uh, for another few hours. But unfortunately, our time has come to an end. Well, and you got to get Christian on here, and he's my boy. So. <laughs> yes, the quarterback uh, fraternity continues with Christian Stewart up next. Thanks, Blaine. Good to see you guys. Our Twitter question today, which BYU football player or players should be in Sports Illustrated's top 100 list? Up next, your answers to that question. 
but not before number seven, Christian Stewart, introduces the new number seven. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I go on vacation and then, boom, BYU TV gets an app on Xbox One. Crazy! It's here! I mean, it's technology. Wild, right? I love it. Uh, so you can check it out on Xbox One now. One of many different ways to view the show. Uh, the BYU TV app on iOS, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox 360. Yeah, not to mention Xbox 360. Xbox One as well. So for those users, congratulations. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Mitchell Jurgens, wide receiver, and Johnny Linehan, the punter, were named to the Werfel Trophy watch list. The Werfel Trophy is known as college football's premier award for community service. I don't know of many others. Another one is called the AFCA Good Works Team. Mitchell Jurgens is also a nominee on that one. The Good Works Team recognizes college football players who have made a commitment to service and enriching the lives of others. Kyle Collinsworth had two points, four assists, and two steals for the Dallas Mavericks yesterday against the Celtics in NBA Summer League play. The Mavs play tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. You can watch it on ESPN2, tipping off at 10 p.m. Eastern. And the men's soccer team wraps up the season tonight at Southfield against FC Golden State Warriors Force for the Lakers (laughs) at 9 Eastern time. (laughs) What team was that again? Uh, The Golden State Warriors, (laughs) I think. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, our second quarterback from the BYU quarterback fraternity, Christian Stewart. Christian, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a little while. It has. How's the weather in the Bay Area? It's pretty unpredictable, to be honest. I <laughs> forgot that it's summer out here. What? <laughs> I I didn't know you were on the show today. I've been, I've been off for a little while. Otherwise, I would have wore your shirt, man. I'm sorry. Come on, dude. You got to know that. <laughs> <laughs> the Sea Stew shirt lives on forever. Christian, we've been talking about Taysom and Tanner, as has every BYU fan, it seems like. As you sit back and watch this new coaching staff and quarterback situation develop, how how do you think BYU should handle this situation in terms of having a, the luxury of those two guys? Well, first of all, it definitely is a luxury to have two quarterbacks who could play phenomenal throughout a season and, you know, take this team uh, pretty deep. I guess the way I've looked at it is there's there's real two scenarios that that can play out. One is do you go for the who's going to give me the better chance to win right now approach or do you go for who will give me the better chance to win in the long term? Long term, obviously, is Tanner. Who gives us a better chance to win right now, which is what I'm sure the coaching staff thinking is it's a, a new coaching staff coming in. They want to make a great impression for BYU fans. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't seen Taysom in this new offense. I, it'll be weird to see him under center uh, running you know, pro-style offense. It's just hard to say who they're going to give it to, and especially with his health is a question. You just brought up a point I had not thought of at all, which convinces me it will be Taysom Hill. The new coaching staff has to make a splash. I think that you. I think that you're right. They want to make a splash by winning, but if Taysom Hill is not the starter, there would be a huge uproar. I think, right? Yeah, I think. Unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever. But there's more Taysom supporters right now, just because he's been in the program for four years. He's played, you know, four different seasons. People want to see Taysom on the field. He's the most exciting player BYU's seen in a long time, and, and they want to see him. And if he's not the starter, I, I think there could be some, some very um, unhappy fans. 
Christian Stewart with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, former BYU quarterback. On September 3rd, BYU takes the field against Arizona. Who's the quarterback that takes the first snap? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably have to go with Taysom. It's hard to say that they're going to start Tanner, even though Tanner definitely gives the team um, the better chance to win in the long run. I think you put Taysom out there, you're more experienced guy um, in, in a big stage. I, I see them having Taysom out there. We've talked a lot about this, too, and uh, both kind of argued against this idea. But I asked Taysom Mill on Media Day two weeks ago today. I said, uh, how do you limit or avoid any division uh, in the locker room or whatever? And he said, that's not a thing, you know, at all, um, which I, I thought, okay, you, you say that, but I, I would like to see that, right? What, what do you think the answer to that? How, how does BYU avoid any kind of division? Because they want this to be a positive, fun, team BYU thing. So, wait, are you saying a division because some people sport Tanner, some sport Taysom? Yeah. Like, yeah, some, some kind of like, well, we hope Tanner's the start. Like, players that think maybe they, maybe they would prefer to see a certain quarterback start. Yeah, so I'll tell you this. I've been in a QB situation where – so I was the backup when I was down at Snow uh, my my freshman year. And whenever things turned south, you know, you'd hear chatter on the sideline, the offensive line would be like, put Christian in. Like, what are we doing? Come on. And, and I really feel like there will be some of that if the QB who's out there on September 3rd is not doing good. There definitely could be some division within – within the team, especially as things start to turn bad. Um, guys are very quick to change their attitude on, on who the QB should be. You know, as, as they say, the backup QB is the most popular guy on the team. Well, no, you, I, you, I, you certainly understand that dynamic, right? Yes, unfortunately, I understand it better than uh, most people are sure. <laughs> no, but I think, honestly, I think that the coaching staff is doing a good job, and, and I really think that they're building the trust of the players. Um, from what I understand, uh, Coach Satake has a very open-door policy. He's building relationships with the players, which Bronco didn't do as much. And I think as they trust the coach, um, you know, Coach Stentmer, Coach Satake, they will trust their decision on, on who the starter is. How quickly do you think it will take BYU to find some a groove, if you will, in a new offense under Ty Detmer? Yeah, so this one, it, it makes me nervous for the beginning of our season. As you know, we've got a super tough schedule. And I've been through a number of different offensive changes, and it takes time. As much as people want to say, like, oh, we had a spring ball, we had all summer, these are smart guys, it takes time. And, yeah, Tanner, Taysom, whoever is at the helm, they'll get up to the line of scrimmage, and they'll be thinking about the plays for the first couple weeks rather than thinking about the defense. And it won't become second nature to them until, you know, into the second half of the season where no longer they're thinking about, you know, where, where do my reads go, one to two to three. They know that, and now they're thinking about, okay, where's the safeties at, where are the corners at. And I just I see it taking a couple weeks for them to – a couple weeks, a couple months for them to really get into that groove um, in this new offense. Describe to us the ability that Taysom Hill has of breaking down film, of learning new concepts um, that you experienced as his teammate for a couple years. So I'll tell you this. Taysom is uh, definitely one of the most intelligent uh, quarterbacks that I've been around. 
I think the the most intelligent, the most impressed I've been with the quarterback was actually Riley Nelson. But then I think Taysom falls second in line. He's he's just very smart and he's got a knack for seeing things on the field um, and describing kind of what everyone is doing that I, I've always been really impressed with. And we'd be in film and Taysom was able to remember where almost everyone on the field was during that play um, and and what people were doing. And for me, you know, I'm like, oh, I was watching the corner coach, you know, and he was able to see the whole the whole field. And I've been really impressed with him with that. But I think this new offense um, will take time for him. I really do. Because there isn't a clear-cut guy right now, don't you think this could be a good thing for both Taysom and Tanner and that it will make them progress even faster? Because in my, in my situation, when I've been competitive with other people, if somebody's close to me, it drives me to want to be better. Like, I'm not going to lose to that person. So, naturally, that, that should translate over to – to the competition that will ensue in fall camp, correct? Are you saying you're not going to lose to Jerem? Is that who you're? That's what I was. I was like, well, what's going on here? Absolutely, I will not lose to Jerem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I respect that. No, I think that the competition aspect is going to make the whole team better because those guys are going to go out there and bring it every single day. And not to say you know that Taysom didn't always do that, but there are days you put it in coast mode because they're in cruise control. Because, you know, you have the job locked down. You go out there, normal practice. But for this, for these guys, this whole summer, fall camp, they're going to be battling out every day. And if your QBs are going out there, going full speed, bringing intensity every day, it's going to make the entire offense better, which will then make the entire defense better. I think fall camp's going to be really compelling, which normally, like, the first day or two is really compelling. Then it kind of gets a little stale. And, but, we, but we're closer to football, so we're kind of excited. Do you think uh, – how do you think BYU should split reps uh, in the fall? And does Bo Hodge get any? Of, uh, no, of course he think, will, but yeah. Well, I don't think – at first, maybe give Bo 10% or 5% of the reps, but nothing more than that. Taysom and Tanner should be getting 45 to 50% of the reps. I think you split them evenly for the first week. Um, and then you determine, unless they already know who's, who's going to be the starter, but if they truly don't and this is a competition, you give them a week to kind of battle it out, and then you have to pick somebody and let them start taking control of the offense, step into that leadership role, um, and, and then you split the reps probably 60-40 down to 70-30. What what would ha- what would Tanner Mangum have to do to beat out Taysom Hill for the starting position? Like assuming both are healthy, of course. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think Taysom takes himself out if he's not healthy, and if he is healthy, I I just see him getting the nod. I really do, just because he's Taysom Hill. He's the most dynamic player out there. He's a what four year starter almost. So I, I just see. If Taysom is not healthy, he takes himself out. Otherwise, I see him being the starter. Okay, let's... I, I think Tanner could be better at the offense, though. I, I think he will be better at this offense. Why is that? Because I see Tanner as a more um, traditional quarterback. Who I don't know. I don't know what he ran in high school, but I know Taysom ran the spread. He's used to being in shotgun and then just kind of making his moves back there in the backfield. Whereas Tanner, I see as a more drop-back quarterback, relying on his footwork, relying on his reads. Um, and, yeah, so I see Tanner being the more natural fit for this system. 
Talking with Christian Stewart, former BYU quarterback on BYU Sports Nation, joining us from the Bay Area. We are discussing the quarterback situation at BYU, which is just part of what we think is the most compelling BYU offseason ever with the new coaching staff. And when you look at the staff that Kalani Satake brings in with Ty Detmer and Elisa Tuiaki, and I mean, you go down the list, it's mostly former BYU guys. What do you think will be the biggest difference when it comes to on-the-field play because of the new coaching staff? When it comes to on-the-field play? Yes. The off-the-field stuff's easy. You know, the culture is night and day different, which I'm sure everybody knows. On the field, that's a a good question. I mean, naturally, the offense is going to be significantly different because we're no longer the go-hard, go-fast, coach-and-eye style. Um, and I can kind of speak intelligently to, to what will be different on the offense. I think having a former uh, pro quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner as the offensive coordinator, I think that probably the biggest thing that will happen is you'll see better adjustments uh, throughout the game. That was one criti- um, criticism I had of, of Coach and I. I just didn't feel like we were great at uh, making in-game adjustments to you know counter what our – uh, opponent was doing, and I think Ty Demmer will have great answers for you know some of these phenomenal defenses that we'll be playing this year. Christian Stewart, always bringing it from uh, San Francisco. By the way, uh, you you still have no eligibility left, right? I could be out there actually starting. Uh, I, I might come in as the third QB. For <laughs> September 3rd. Bo Hodge is like what? <laughs> We're going to give Christian Stewart 5% of the reps in fall camp. you're going to get 5% or none of the week, yeah. (laughs) Christian, uh, great stuff, man. We always enjoy talking to you. Let's do it again soon. Cool. Thanks, guys. Christian Stewart on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Which BYU football players should be on Sports Illustrated's top 100 list? At Lasersheep says, I think Taysom and Tanner are the only two with the body of work. Up next... What the Royal Troon has to do with BYU and your tweets. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you miss an episode of this show live, you can always watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And now you can catch it on uh, the Xbox One BYU TV app as well. Hey, follow us on social media, at BYU Sports Station on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and then, of course, BYUSN on Snapchat. Yeah, if you haven't witnessed BYU Sports Nation on Snapchat, that is a unique experience. You are experience. out, let me tell you. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it is a different take on the show. <laughs> I love uh, what Christian Stewart brings to the table, by the way. Always opinionated, always a different idea than you were thinking. A couple, thought, uh, a couple of things that he said that stick out. One, that the coaching staff will feel pressured and need to make a splash, so Taysom Hills would be the splash they're looking for. Two, that in-game adjustments were not maybe the strength, Robert and I in his opinion, but that Ty Demmer, former NFL Obviously, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback will make better in-game adjustments. He anticipates there will be more adjustments, more calculated in in those situations. Hmm. That that sticks out to me quite a bit. (sighs) And that it will take a while, and he he even said maybe even the first half of the season, uh, for BYU to figure it out offensively. 
I know that, and he brought up a point where he said, I, I know Taysom ran the spread in high school. Tanner Mangum was in the shotgun yeah. in high school for the majority of his career as well. So this is new for both of them going under center primarily. And Tanner clarified on Media Day here on BYU Sports Nation that uh, the pro style does not necessarily mean they'll be under center all the time. No, they're going to have different packages. Like, they're going to keep defenses honest by putting them back in the shotgun and running the spread option every once in a while. Here's what it means, people. More tight end, more fullback. That's what that means, okay? It's, it's not, not as much in the shotgun. Yeah. More play action. It just, yes. More traditional 80s, 90s BYU offense, okay? Not the fab of what goes on now. Uh, BYU's going to take its time. And and it's going to be different. Like like brace yourself. It it is a paradigm shift, as uh, Stephen R. Covey would say. Which BYU players should be on Sports Illustrated's top 100 list? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At History Geek 1776 <laughs> says Tanner Mangum, what an arm, and he does have an absolute gun. Was that uh, Stan Ellsworth? Is that who that is? From American Red? History Geek 1776. 1776? Maybe Let's it is. Let's take a ride. <laughs> At R. Greenhaw, Taysom and Tanner should share a spot, and then Jay Swag Daddy, too. There are some defensive guys hovering around there. Here's the thing. Sharing is nice, but generally it just stinks, right? You kind of want your own thing. These quarterbacks aren't sharing. Mm. There's going to be a mm-hmm. starter. He's going to be the guy. And then if he's not the guy, the other guy becomes the guy, and they don't share, right? Sharing stinks sometimes right you with your siblings growing up did you love sharing no you wanted your own thing no you wanted to eat the whole box of fruity pebbles trust me i love giving and the feeling you feel from that and all that right but sharing generally stinks that's not gonna happen with the quarterback position i have never felt more selfish in my life than when i was in eight- or nine-year-old kid, and we got sugar-coated cereal, and I just wanted to eat all of it (laughs) by myself. Yes. Okay, when we started the show, we used to alternate who hosted the show, like by day. And then it was like, no, 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 we're just going to make you the host, and then I'll be the host. You need to define roles, right? Like, that needs to happen, and we are better for it. Isn't that interesting how that works? Just whether it be business and sports, like it's, yes. it's good to have a specific role. The Warriors are going to have some issues at the beginning of the season figuring that out, in my opinion, with Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Stephen Curry. It's, it's a different dynamic. You can't, you can't have multiple alpha males. There's one alpha male, and that guy's name is Taysom Hill on this team. At Still Team Riley answers the Twitter question of which BYU player should be on Sports Illustrated's top 100 list. He says, in fairness to Sports Illustrated, they had never even heard of Harvey Kongi until yesterday. <laughs> Harvey Kongi, by the way, joins the illustrious <laughs> list of Noah Hartstock, Jameer Frederett, Brandon Davis, Kyle Collingsworth. Tyler Magnum. Yeah, they, listen, there is a rich tradition <laughs> that Harvey Kongi... <laughs> No, no relation to Mo Longy, although Harvey Longy actually is a cousin. Yes, um, it's it's legit. Okay, Tyler Magnum, <laughs> Tyler Magnum in the BYU, co- Tayson Hill, Tayson. Didn't some, someone yes. use Tayson, right? <laughs> By the way, I passed through Pocatello on my journeyings uh, the last two weeks. There's a Taysom Rotary Park. That's part of where they got the name. We were told that, but I. So you saw it on a map, and I was like, you saw it. Yeah. Well, I didn't go to it. I saw it on Google Maps. Which Pokemon did you find at at Taysom Rotary Park? What Pokemon will we find (laughs) in the University of Phoenix Stadium on September 3rd? Oh! Hit it! 
down to the Wildcats. 52 days. Let's just hope the offense is a little more crisp than that. 52 <laughs> days. Jerem. It, it's not close. It's still 52 days. You don't think 52 days is close? 52 days. We're going to have to do this. 51. The 50, last time you did a 40. show in Studio B, it was 64. <laughs> it's 52. Like, we'll get to August. It's still a month. Still. But there will be football, though. NFL preseason, fall camp. I know football. Uh, more from the college football watch list in July next. Yay! BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jim? Let's whip it! Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Mitchell Jurgens and Johnny Linehan were named to the Werfel Trophy watch list. That's given to college football's that is college football's premier award for community service. Also, Mitchell Jurgens is a nominee for the AFCA Good Works team, which recognizes college football players who have made a commitment to service and enriching the lives of others. Cougars in the association. Kyle Collins with that two points, four assists, and two steals for the Mavs yesterday. Tonight, his Dallas team takes on the Milwaukee Bucks, 10 Eastern on ESPN2. Brandon Davies had six points and three rebounds for the Chicago Bulls against the Tim Duncan-less Spurs yesterday. Soccer. Los Cougars wrap up the season tonight at Southfield against FC Golden State Force at 9 Eastern time. Cougars in the minors. Adam Law went two for four yesterday for the Jackson Generals. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays has a practice round today at Royal Trin <laughs> in preparation. There are no turkeys at Royal Trin that we know for the Open Championship, a.k.a. the British Open. He tees off tomorrow at 10.54 a.m. Eastern Time. The Open Championship. Yeah. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLot.com. Who deserves it? Mitchell Jurgens, a man committed to catching passes and serving the community. Jonathan Tavernari, one of our future guests. I imagine he'll have an opinion or two when he comes to Studio B. Hey, we'll our Elite Tweet of the Day, at Still Team Riley. Just verified on Wikipedia. You don't need to be on the list to get invited to the Heisman Ceremony in New York City. Hashtag Taysom. Really? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Matt Sailors. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern.